We welcome your ears. We welcome your ears. We welcome your ears. The self and its relationship to time is mm -hmm. really interesting as we evolve as a self. Mm -hmm. Our awareness of time changes. Right. There's something right. else, though, that happens as we age, and it may not be for all people. I think age gives you a certain life experience, which gives you often added clarity. But more important than that, you take the time to do certain things. You slow down, either mm -hmm. because you do it intentionally or because you do it through circumstance. In other words, your energy level has altered somewhat. Yeah. Speaking frankly, testosterone has leveled off a little bit, thank God. <laughs> You're listening to The Sill Podcast with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 146, Exiting the Cave, The Quest for Self-Awareness. Come on in, have a seat. Join the conversation. Mm -hmm. Speaking of self-awareness, are you aware of this Hockley Valley coffee? Oh, am I ever. I'm so aware of it, I dream of chasing robusta beans through mountainsides in Chile. <laughs> well, you can chase robusta, I'm chasing Arabica. Okay. <laughs> She's a Rubenesque. Uh -huh. Anyway, it is lovely coffee. And on that note, we'll begin the podcast. Let's do it. All right. I am he as you are, he as you are me, and we, we are, are all together. together. See how they run like pigs from a gun. See, See how, how they, they fly. fly. I'm crying. crying. <laughs> I think we've begun with a bit of Beatle mania. That was a classic, wasn't it? And the reason we chose that lyric... The beginning to I Am the Walrus. So an acknowledgement, the Beatles, I Am the Walrus. We chose that lyric because the topic of our conversation here on TSP number... 146. 146. The reason we chose that lyric is because we're going to talk a little bit about, a lot about, the nature of the self, its evolution through time, through history... Mm -hmm. and its relationship to the world at large, mm -hmm. and try to get a sense for what's happened to how we understand ourselves and how that's changed over the centuries. Since we exited the cave. Yeah, as the title suggests, mm -hmm. right? So since we want to talk about history to start with, I think you cannot talk about the self without talking about the great religions mm. that are there to supposedly guide the self Mm -hmm. through life and its relationship with the spirit, God, what have you. At one time, it was the only identifier. Yeah, in that sense, there was no self really to talk about, but mm -hmm. it was just that we we're supposedly created in the image of God. Mm -hmm. So as a self, we are in a sense partly godlike, mm -hmm. but we're also sinners. We got tossed out of the no. garden. No. Yeah, for eating that apple. Oh, you know, so that's the last time I listened to Eve. But anyway, what's interesting about Christianity then and the self hmm. is that it's a contradiction in a way. Right. On the one hand, you're godlike, which is supposedly kind of perfection. You're perfect. On the other hand, you're born in sin. You're imperfect. You're human. You're human. So how do you connect those two to the mystery Right. Of the self. In a sense, the same thing in Buddhism, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. Buddhism, for the most part, doesn't recognize the self as an individualized 
permanent something. Mm-hmm. It's the concept of no self or anatta or anatman. Mm-hmm. Okay? No self. That's no what self, that means right. in Sanskrit. Whereas the Hindu tradition has Atman, which is self. So there is a concept of self or soul in Hinduism, but in Buddhism, it's non-self, no self. Mm-hmm. But even in Buddhism, there's still the way of compassion and something, if it isn't yourself, something is actually helping other people and empathizing with the world around you. So there is also a kind of a contradiction. There's a kind of an empirical pseudo-self that does all this good stuff in the world, but actually there is no self at all, just a bunch of characteristics or attributes that are kind of hanging together that make it appear like there's a self. Intangible. An intangible set of circumstances. Mm -hmm. I think in Hindi, they're called skandhas. Mm. Just these sort of attributes that sort of hang together during a lifetime and then break apart and they're gone. Mm -hmm. And you're gone as a self. Whereas in Hinduism, you reincarnate. So that self is permanent and it dies physically and then comes back in another body and has karmic stuff to burn off lifetime after lifetime. Highlighting the, the separation between physical and spiritual. Yeah, exactly. And trying to not only separating them, but also integrating them. You right. know, how do you live a spiritual life in a physical body, in a physical world? Mm-hmm. Right? So the self, from these religious points of view, is tasked with a big challenge, which is to find your connection to the mystery of our existence, the big question, at the same time as living a good and you know, respectable life, if you like, mm-hmm. full of compassion and love, love thy neighbor as thyself. Right. Which implies that you need to love yourself as well. The eternal quest of where do we fit in and who are we and which part of the puzzle are we? Yeah. Have you mm-hmm. cracked that at all in your lifetime? I do try to be aware. The thing I focus most on is attempting to live in the present. Mm-hmm. And many people would suggest that that is part of being aware, that you yes. can you can actually take part in what's happening now, not thinking about something else while something is happening. So in that sense, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. But if I were to be honest, this is also something that I've probably given a lot more weight to in my senior years, probably focused on it a lot less when I was younger. Yeah. And if I did focus on it, it would tend to be during times of difficulty because in my youth, I was too much focused on pleasure seeking and just expelling the energy that I had without giving too much thought to yeah. certain things. When you're young too, your idea of time mm-hmm. is different from when you're older like we are now. So the self and its relationship to time is mm-hmm. really interesting as we evolve as a self. Mm-hmm. Our awareness of time changes. Right. There's something else, though, that happens as we age, and it may not be for all people. I think age gives you a certain life experience, which gives you often added clarity. But more important than that, you take the time to do certain things. You slow down, either Mm -hmm. because you do it intentionally or because you do it through circumstance. In other words, your energy level has altered somewhat. Speaking frankly, testosterone has leveled off a little bit, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to have a sore back all the time. (laughs) I'm only saying that half-jokingly because actually that's probably been a very key factor for me anyway in appreciating and understanding more. It's not that I didn't before. However, that hormone kind of took over Mm -hmm. and became the dominant force 
which right. oftentimes conflicted with logic and reasoning and even philosophical viewpoints for that matter. But there's a reason for that, I think. Yeah, of course. You know, you'll find this maybe an odd connection, but for as long as human beings have been on this planet, mm. the individual human being has longed for connection with the greater other, right. the, the mystery. And religion has offered one gateway to that understanding, yes. right? Through scriptures and all that stuff. But also there's a history of psychedelic plant intake through history where people have accessed with shamans guiding, for example, mm -hmm. have accessed these other worlds, if you like. Other dimensions. The other dimensions mm -hmm. that supposedly are contiguous with our own, intersect our own dimension. Sure. And discover that the world is much bigger and much more than what our normal day-to-day -day thinking mix of it. Right. So people have broken through taking magic mushrooms, LSD, mm -hmm. teacher plants. People go down, take ayahuasca in South America, for example, mm -hmm. and have these bliss experiences of oneness with the universe. So that's there. So my point is that the testosterone thing mm. is in a way, it's also an attempt to touch the mystery of our existence mm. because it takes you to certain, if you know, follow through with just testosterone, right, right. love making, it takes you to a, a pretty amazing place. That's true. Where you feel at one with the universe and love and all that stuff, right? And maybe the combination of those two is Kama Sutra. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Tantra, or tantric ta yoga. Yeah, right? exactly. Is sexuality and spiritualism entwined. Right, you're uh, you know, taking the best of both. Yeah, and the connection of that lifts both partners to a higher level of awareness. Mm -hmm. right? Which ultimately also evolves into greater pleasure on mm -hmm. whatever sense, whether it's a pure physical or combination of physical and spiritual. The other thing about the self too, and I'm thinking about G.I. Gurdjieff, who was a spiritual teacher early in the 20th century. Mm. And what he was saying then was, we're very robotic in nature, first of all, because we don't actually have a central self, a central I who's in control. Right. We have all of these other sub-selves, little selves, little eyes, and each one stands up and says, I am the self in that context. But over here, under a different situation, a different uh, self under, arises. Under distress, it's a different I that steps up and right. says, I am the captain of the ship. And so we have all of these multitude of selves in us vying for leadership or captainship of the vessel. Song of Myself, Walt Whitman, quote, I am large, I contain multitudes. In a certain respect, it's true. We are one and we are many. Many, yes. How many people have you met, Peter, hmm. where they are one way at work, they are quite other with their spouse. They're different again with their dog. As you're speaking, I'm checking off for myself. Well, sure. Uh, people, absolutely. Right? You could ask yourself that question. Are you the same person in every context or do you have different faces, different personae mm -hmm. that face into different situations? And if you were in deep distress and trauma, would you be acting the same way that you act normally? Probably not. And actually, it's interesting that you bring this up. Yeah because it's kind of the perfect segue into bringing us to today. Sure. And the situation we're in now. Mm -hmm. And again, it's becoming a tired subject. Unfortunately, it's a subject that continues to be with us. Sure. The whole world of COVID and things that have been created by it, for it, and so on. In part, there has been a tremendous amount of attention drawn towards self-development, awareness, 
and all these things that we're kind of touching on during this conversation, that opportunity, not necessarily by choice, but by yeah. circumstance, mm-hmm. that's allowing many of us that otherwise would not have done so delve into this area that we're talking about right now, which yeah. is finding the inner self. I think you're right. All this time that we have in our hands, we have the opportunity to be quiet for periods of time and not be, quote unquote, doing stuff Mm -hmm. and just kind of examining where we're at. And the other aspect of that is because COVID involves life and death, Mm -hmm. right? People are now thinking about death, thinking about their own death. So what is the death of the self all about? People Mm -hmm. are seeing, Mm -hmm. feeling that impulse to understand, what does my death mean Mm -hmm. now? How do I understand myself and my death? Yes, but typically the stress or difficult situations tend to push us towards more self-analysis and search in the sense that we confront things that are sometimes new, Mm-hmm. And also, in some ways, uncomfortable sure. because of the situation or because of personal experiences. Because, of course, a lot of other stresses are being introduced into this situation. Yeah, There's mental anguish, there's domestic abuse, there's financial difficulties. Yeah, and depending upon where your self is at, these stresses are either leaving deep wounds... Mm-hmm. Or you're able to kind of heal from them fairly quickly. Now, there are people like Gabor Mate, Mm. therapists out there, who talk about trauma as being a prime cause of difficulties with one's emotional life and relationships and all kinds of things. And physical illness. And physical illness, yeah, because it does translate into the physical, Mm -hmm. right? Which really brings us to the whole notion of self-help books and that whole Mm -hmm. new age movement that sprung up in the 1980s and spawned hundreds of thousands of self-help books of different kinds that because we have moved kind of into a secularized world in a way now. And we should make that distinction, differentiating the religious from the secular. Right, yeah, we've become more secularized around the world, really. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we're not so much reliant upon the religion and the books and the scriptures to tell us what we have to do to improve ourselves. So we have psychotherapists and counselors who say, here are some techniques you can use whether it's uh, transcendental meditation Mm -hmm. or psychotherapy, psychoanalysis, Freudian psychoanalysis, Jungian psychoanalysis. There are a plethora, great word, plethora of techniques and therapies available for people who feel that they can't do it on their own and they're not religious. So they can go to these scriptures and begin to develop and learn. And again, as you said earlier, though, you have to differentiate between those people that are actually in a place that they can do that. Because people who are still fighting for their survival and day-to-day existence, they're not running to do a lot of uh, self-awareness searching necessarily. Right. No, that's true. Survival comes first on Mm -hmm. the the Maslow hierarchy of needs, right? Survival is at the very first level, right? So in some respects, COVID has put us in that place. Yes. And I think today too, as well, because of the economic and political situation, which is now global in nature. Yeah. I think this is also translating into a much broader picture. The self can also be a country or a nation within the global picture. It can Mm, be, it's almost like a a movement and an energy that's being created worldwide Mm, because the recognition mm. now is more online with understanding that there's an interconnectedness which exists, which is so much bigger than any of us. 
Right. And the realization of the importance of us realizing mm. that we're interconnected in some form. Yeah, I am that. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Mm -hmm. We are discovering the connections we feel with people around the globe. When those images from northern Italy started flooding into our televisions and computer screens. People, a year ago, by the way. A year ago, people were deeply moved by that. And then, you know, when the Italian people were getting on their balconies and singing to each other, we were deeply moved. I was deeply moved mm -hmm. by those gestures of people who are, were compassionate gestures uh, yes. for each other. Those gestures and what you were moved by was heightened yeah. by the fact that we here yeah. were beginning to experience mm -hmm. and being able to relate yeah. to what we were seeing because it was beginning to make its way here too. Yeah, uh, true. So we also had that nervous anticipation that was fueling our connection. It's augmenting what was already there. Yeah, yeah, yeah amplifying yeah. those energies, right? So all of this is going on. There's also the element of the self. Well, there are these theories about the self, several different kind of offbeat theories. One is that humanity was seeded by beings from off the planet Earth. Mm. Okay. Aliens. <laughs> well, you can call them aliens, Dianatans, yep. star seeds. There's all these terms. But there are people on this planet who truly believe mm -hmm. that they are more connected to something off planet. Yes. They don't feel comfortable on the planet. Right. They feel alien in a way. Mm -hmm. So there's that element of the self that feels kind of alien or alienated. Mm -hmm. There's also the idea of the self as actually not <laughs> a human being at all, but the self as a kind of simulation mm -hmm. created by some kind of algorithm, computer algorithm. Like a hologram? Yeah, like a hologram. Mm. And that we only think we're human. We're actually in a simulation of being human. Or we're just an energy. Yeah, right. A form of an energy. We're, we're, well, then we get into all quantum physics and... Yeah, there's a whole world mm -hmm. of, of quantum theory to do mm -hmm. with the self. And there's quantum therapies that help you understand and take control of your own algorithms, your right. own programming. Right. Now right? we're talking again from, i.e., people who have the privilege, the time and the comfort to even address some of these things you're talking about. Yeah. And that's assuming that your mind is also functioning relatively normal. Of course. Normally, whatever that is. Right. But think of all the people that have, and you mentioned this early on about psychiatry and psychology, people who are bipolar, people who are autistic, people who have schizophrenia and so on. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not experts in this area, but we can certainly talk about it in terms of these are people that perhaps are somehow compromised in their ability to even go to the self-awareness. Or, yes, yes the no. or the opposite can be true. That's what I was going to say. Yes and no. Right. Because you can have someone who's autistic. And I've met numerous autistic people who are, in a certain respect, brilliant. Yes. At particular ways of seeing the world, right? Right. So I think we can't discount the possibility that people who are autistic or schizophrenic have multiple personality issues. Right. I should rephrase that. I should rephrase it. Not that they can't, but it's a very different way, perhaps, of getting there. Yeah. It depends on, on where you are on the spectrum as well. Right. They're Degree. very fully functioning people on the autism spectrum mm -hmm. who can do a lot of deep thinking about these things and do.
I've also gone deeper into my own self, partly because we've just acquired some horses, my wife and I. Oh, yes. And Marius you know, and... Marius and Warwick. Warwick. Beautiful off-the-track thoroughbreds, 17-hand-high horses, big boys. You saved them from the hangman, didn't you? Well, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> but we rescued them, if you right. like, or I adopted them. Right. And the point is that in order to handle horses and be with them, mm. you can't just go up to a horse and be yourself, your normal sort of self, unless you're very cooled out, very calm, and very aware. And not that many people are. They have to put themselves in that calm, aware place, which is what I've had to have done too. Because when you meet up with a being that's 1,500 pounds and towering over you, Mm -hmm. your first emotion is anxiety. Yeah, that makes sense. And worry and fear. Especially if you've never had the experience. Exactly. Which you haven't. No. And so I had to try to find a way of calming myself and talking to myself Mm -hmm. to say, calm down. These beautiful beings are likely more afraid of you than you are of them because they are predator animals. They are prey, I should say, animals. They are prey. And so if you can stay calm and in control, they will be calm too because they know you're not a threat. You had to almost become one with the horse. Well, very much so. I mean, people will say that horses and all animals are psychic in a way. So you have these horse whisperers, Mm -hmm. people who can communicate self to self, so to speak, with the horse using their language. And did you find that, okay, you've had them now how many weeks? Four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. So obviously you've had some time to work with it, work with yourself, re-examine what you're doing, what your experiences are, how they're responding, reacting to whatever you're doing. Are you finding it much more satisfying and and much easier now to enter their space? Well, it's still a bit soon. A month isn't that much, and I'm not with them 24-7. Right. I'm encountering them a couple of times a day when we put them out or when we bring them in and feed them and Mm -hmm. pick their hooves or what have you. Mm -hmm. So I get maybe an hour with them per day to kind of hang with them and feel the energy that they give off and, and communicate in my basic way with them. Okay. Try to understand the way they communicate with their ears and their eyes and their tail. They communicate with so many levels of their body. You have to be aware of the whole horse, not just right. the face. Would you say that the horse or the horses have a level of self-awareness? Oh, yeah, uh, completely. I believe they do. I mean, you have to have self-awareness in the sense that If you experience fear, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're afraid that you might get eaten by a predator, you're afraid of something going, leaving (laughs) this world. Mm -hmm. So there is a sense of selfhood that a horse shows, I believe. Okay. So based on what you just said, perhaps, and this would apply even to humans, there's a direct link between our ability to be self-aware and the circumstances that we find ourselves in. In other words, we're more likely to get there if we are uncomfortable or if we are in a situation where we may feel a threat. Oh, I totally agree. And it's an interesting way to segue to the world of the arts because Mm. what do artists do? They present works of art or writing or music or films Mm -hmm. that challenge the characters to stressful situations, put them in very difficult times, and then allow us to witness how their character, their self, finds their way through and kind of succeeds and survives and flourishes, right? Do they find their way out of the cave? Well, sure. And the classic stories 
have the hero or heroine mm -hmm. going through hell and high water and somehow through their guts and their bravery and their smarts. Resiliency. Yeah, and sometimes with help, mm -hmm. find their way through to illumination and, mm -hmm. and freedom. Yes. Because that's in a way what the self is constantly going after is illumination, knowledge, mm -hmm. and freedom. And those are the elements that make up every good movie, every good book, every good play that we see. Right. And that's also why these incredible religions that we just talked about at mm -hmm. the beginning of the podcast have lived on for so long. The stories in them are so compelling yes. that they last through eons of time. And despite the different religions, these storylines are essentially the same. It's always about resolving something. It's always about finding the answer. It's yeah, about, and it's always about coming to a, a place of love. Yes, and peace. Peace and connection. Mm -hmm. So those three things are things that the self really lives for. And the very three things that we need right now on a global level. Exactly, right. Let me read you a poem, if sure. I may. Yeah, because of one of the things that occurred to me too is when we wake up in the morning, mm -hmm. In a certain respect, we put ourselves together in the morning. We wake up and we have to recreate ourselves yep. to reintegrate ourselves and recall ourselves to ourselves in the morning. You wake up and you've remembered that I am Peter, yep. right? I've remembered that I am Harry. There's a process involved in that of remembering. And here's a poem by the U.S. Poet Laureate, current one. Her name is Joy Harjo. Okay. It's called Remember. Remember the sky that you were born under. Know each of the stars' stories. Remember the moon, know who she is. Remember the sun's birth at dawn, that is the strongest point of time. Remember sundown and the giving away tonight. Remember your birth, how your mother struggled to give you form and breath. You are evidence of her life and her mother's and hers. Remember your father, he is your life also. Remember the earth whose skin you are. Red earth, black earth, yellow earth, white earth, brown earth. We are earth. Remember the plants, trees, animal life, who all have their tribes, their families, their histories too. Talk to them. Listen to them. They are alive poems. Remember the wind. Remember her voice. She knows the origin of this universe. Remember, you are all people, and all people are you. Remember, you are this universe, and this universe is you. Remember, all is in motion, is growing, is you. Remember, language comes from this. Remember, the dance language is, that life is. Remember. Very nice. I think that's just a gorgeous poem, and it really speaks to the her self. Her name again? Joy Harjo, and she's the U.S. Poet Laureate, the current Poet oh. Laureate of the U.S. So this remembering is what the self has to do. Because you talked about people who are struggling so hard, they can't take the time or even have the energy to do yes. this self-examination we're talking about. Yes. But the self-examination is all about remembering. Well, that's what acknowledging is. Yeah. Remembering. In other words, reconnecting yes. to the past, remembering, and to the flow of history and to the history of everything, animals, trees, the universe. Mm -hmm. So it's really an incredible thing, our consciousness. Right. And while we're wrapping this up, we've talked about a lot of things over the last three and a half years. And an interesting thing's been happening with our podcast recently. Mm -hmm. There's been an inordinate amount of downloads coming from podcasts we did two, three, and four years ago. Yeah. Which is interesting to me. 
because some of these things we discussed today, there are bits and pieces of this discussion and many other podcasts that we did. Right. And I find it is really interesting that that's happening. And I believe that there's a correlation with what's happening in our society right now. Again, we bring it to COVID, but it's not just COVID. It's what's happening as a result of COVID. I just wanted to draw some attention to that in that it's not just the podcast we do week to week that may be of value to some people. Mm -hmm. We have 145 previous podcasts that may be of interest. Yeah, and in fact, those podcasts, pretty well all of them, in some ways, touch upon the nature of the self and our yes. relationship to the world around us. That mm -hmm. is, every conversation in some respects always comes back to who are we, why are we here, what are we meant to do, right. and where are we going. Exactly, right? so exactly. So, as a self, I... And we as selves have a responsibility to keep this conversation alive. To keep it going. And not forget, mm -hmm. you know, during all the trials and tribulations of survival and just trying to make it through this mess of COVID and all that stuff, that our job is really to understand ourselves and to break free of our habits and toxic ways of living yep. in the world and that sort of thing. And to find our way towards freedom and illumination and peace and love and all that. And mm -hmm. it sounds mamby-pamby and new agey, but so what? I think it's true. Yes. And, uh, and before we close, I want to thank you, your comments, your feedback, which we always appreciate. Mm -hmm. And uh, just to reiterate, we have an easy to press button on our website where you can just literally tap the button and record your voice or send us a comment through the email or contact page. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and in fact, uh, send us a note uh, indicating one thing that you've learned about yourself during this period of COVID that you really never thought you knew about yourself. Mm -hmm. Send us that one thing that you've learned. And self to self, we say... Ciao, Harry. Ciao. The Sill Podcast is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com. Thank you for your donation to The Sill Podcast.